Hello, Kevin. Awesome. You guys are nerds. Damn right. Oh, Kevin, you're so witty. I would stab someone in the face. Oh, that's gross. I'm cutting this, by the way. Bad Philosophy, episode 141, recorded on August 20th, 2013. Sloppy Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone. Welcome in one to Bad Philosophy. I am your host, Stephen Torrance. I'm here with my good friend, Kevin Saunders, and we're uh, we're going to talk about games today. Uh, some of y'all may recall about a, about a year ago, uh, maybe. Was it about a year ago? We, we I talked don't about, know what today is. talked about Braid and some other ones with uh, with Adam Easterling. I did finally watch Indie Game. Yeah? Uh, not really interested. Oh, okay. Like, I, I found it kind of boring. Well, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll come yeah. back to that, maybe. Um, so... When we talk about games, we, you know, when we talk about anything, technically we're supposed to have experts on that thing on the show, which we've done a couple of times in our long history. Um, yes, a couple. This is, I suppose, you know, the third time, if you grant a couple, that we've actually had the people relevant to this uh, on this topic on the show. Um, so welcome to Britain Peel. Welcome back to Bad Philosophy. If you're calling me an expert on this topic, you have already screwed up. Okay. Horribly. Um, relative <laughs> expert? An anti-expert. You're a okay, you're a journalist on the topic, yeah. which does not automatically yes. make you an expert, contrary to what Fox News, CNN, and et cetera <laughs> believe. Um, and then uh, possibly expert, Tim Poon? Uh, don't know yet. We'll, okay. we'll figure that out. Still Ooh, pending. Answer I know what pending. I want to talk about today. You do? Yeah. It is gaming related. Okay. Um, something I don't think we've touched on in our gaming podcasts of the past. Okay. Um, and this comes from two different things I've been playing recently. Free to play. Oh. Uh, the philosophy of this sort of oh, um, freemium, freemium, yeah. and things like because like Plants vs Zombies two just came out. Oh, it did it. It was it. Oh, I, which I, think I missed when it was. Well, it is free to play it's, still. It's right? a free to play game. It's, free it's always oh, free. Okay. Um, and I've spent a not insignificant amount of time playing it. No, I, I got we both got really into Smite last yeah. year and well, in Dota two. Dota two. I, I just downloaded that this past week and I've been making my way through the we tutorial. Need to I'm about the same place in that. Yeah, um, we got we got to jump in a couple times. Yeah. We should, anyways, so so this isn't just <laughs> going to be a me and Kevin feedback loop. I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, we actually are going to talk about gaming philosophy and we'll just let's just hit as many topics as we can. How about that um so first britain tim y'all are both games journalists for, for those of y'all who haven't seen y'all before on the show um just you know take a few seconds in a tweet what do you do britain <laughs> um i am an online entertainment editor at the dallas morning news where i cover video games and i do freelance reviews and stuff for GameSpot, joystick uh, i've done some work for games radar and the escapist so i'm kind of everywhere groovy and uh, Tim, in a tweet, what do you do? Uh, also, freelance games journalist. Uh, basically, do reviews and a lot, actually a lot of event coverage, mainly for Kotaku. I've heard of them. Oh, really? Well, yes. I've heard of the Dallas Morning News. <laughs> that was the, the uh, that was the newspaper I grew up reading in oh, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. It's true. It's true. We were a Dallas Morning News household, not a Star Telegram household. Oh, I'm just saying. good for you. Okay, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> well met, well respected. Um, so yeah, uh, and and we uh, we all saw each other recently at QuakeCon 2013. Um, just Ooh. you know, brief to to start it out. What did y'all think of QuakeCon this year? Uh, I liked it. 
Quake is always a fun show to cover <laughs> press wise because we're uh, the Bethesda PR is pretty laid back about mm-hmm. everything. You know, if you go to E3 or you go to PAX, things are super structured and it can feel really hectic. Mm-hmm. Whereas QuakeCon, you kind of you go to the press area and they're like, "All right, here's games. Uh, talk about them whenever. We don't care. Here's the people who made them. Have fun." <laughs> and it, it's just it's it's a cool environment, even. Even when the stuff they're showing isn't the most exciting in the world, it's you know that they, they they make it easy to get the access we need, and that that part's fun. And then the actual fans, the crowd at QuakeCon at the BYOC is always like the most infectious crowd mm. of some of any gaming-related events I've ever been to. Like they. You walk into that room with those thousands of computers, and you could tell everyone is stoked to be there. Oh, and yeah. I just, I love that environment so much. Stoked enough to whoop about it on a very regular basis. And very much so. Yeah. Shout a other lot of whooping going on. A lot of whooping. It's a. I've got, a, I've got audio of it that I'll, I'll try to find and play for you at some point. It's, it's weird. It's kind of creepy, but it's this, <laughs> it's organic and, and fun. And, uh, um, and what did you think, Tim? Similar thoughts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, every time I go to QuakeCon, it's it's a lot of fun, and every time I go, it seems like I, I know more people, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And they just kind of keep introducing you to more and more people into stranger situations, because like Britton said, it is uh, really laid back to the point where I think it was like 3 in the morning or something, we were hanging out in the hotel lobby, and me and another games journalist, actually a couple of us, were like at some point got into a yelling match with Tim Willits. What? <laughs> Over what? <laughs> Over um, games journalism. What okay. else? <laughs> um, did, did you so win? Was... Did, did what? Or how? What is winning in that situation? <sighs> Yelling? Louder? I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if you can win against Tim Willits. He just kind of says, "Well, Tim Willits," and then he just walks away. <laughs> I wish my name was punctuation. But can... he won't say Doom Four. He won't. <laughs> no matter what you. Nobody ask will. Him. Um. I don't know. We're, Devin, we're... Devin Connors actually <laughs> for Gamefront tried multiple times as like he progressively like injected himself with more alcohol, mm. trying to elicit some sort of Doom Four related response from Tim Willits. My, I'm, I'm sure that was as entertaining to watch as Doom Four will be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like maybe, maybe <laughs> not even close. Maybe this is I, swinging I'm, a miss. I'm not. I'm not bullish on id games anymore. Um, I mean, Rage was was pumped up for like two Quake Cons running, and then nothing, and, and so I, well, I don't the know. game did come out. It did. It did ship. Um, and, and was uh, that the turning point for you? Well, no. Um, probably Quake Four. Doom Three was all right, um, but after that, I don't know. There, there's only so much you can do with a first-person shooter, which is why, actually, to bring it back around, I I respect what they're doing by proxy with um, Wolfenstein The New Order. I, I went to see the gameplay demo of that, uh, I think on one of y'all's suggestions, and um, I, I was actually impressed. Like, they, they've they got, you know, the heart and soul of the, you know, dual-wielding these, you know, insane weapons, but also it's a very well-built world. Uh, this sort of, you know, 20 years after the Nazis win World War II uh, kind of environment, um, you know, fleshed out in logical ways. Uh, I think, you know, the robots may be a little bit of a stretch, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> you can... Well, there were robots in the original Castle Wolfenstein. True, true. So Robot cyborg baby demons. It, it makes sense. Um, and, and Mecha Hitler, right? 
probably. That was, that was I, a thing. I, I mean, it has been 20 years since I've played Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah. But but yeah, and, and so um, I'm optimistic in that regard. I don't know, but tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't think you are. I, I also, I went in expecting nothing. Like, I, I did not really care mm-hmm. for, you know, they had announced the game earlier this year, and I kind of glanced at the trailer. I was like, all right, that's, that is a Wolfenstein game. The trailers were good. I like uh, the trailers. Yeah, yeah, but they were, I yeah. don't know. Uh. <laughs> it, 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 but it was hard for me to get excited. And then they booked me for an hour-long play session. I was like, all right, I, I'm going to sit down and play this for a while. And, <laughs> you know, may, maybe it was the fact that I went in with such low expectations. But I came away thinking, like, ah, this, they're actually doing cool things mm-hmm. with this. And I... I think a lot of it is the fact that uh, Machine Games, who's developing it, is comprised mainly of people who used to be at Starbreeze, mm-hmm. uh, people who made The Darkness and Chronicles of Riddick, and those are very good uh, story-driven first-person games that aren't, you know, there's a lot of action, but they, they have some more heart to them than a lot of first-person games do, and I think that's showing in Wolfenstein from what I've seen so far and it has me optimistic okay. while I wasn't well and, and for, for maybe Doom 4 and beyond um, or, or other things that may or may not be under development um, they now have um, Hugo is it Hugo Martin? Hugo Martin yes Hugo Martin from uh, who's done a, a fair bit of work with uh, Pacific Rim on concept art for the uh, for the movie and uh, as well as so Jack and Daxter racing game and other things, many other things. Guy's been around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's sure. good. He's good, and um, he's. I, I like him a lot. Uh, you you went to that presentation. I did, uh, which I think was pretty great. And I got a chance to sit down and speak with him for a little bit. And yeah, he, like everyone else at it Software, he refuses to say the word doom. But I did get him to say, "Yes, I am working on." franchise that i grew up playing oh. so you can connect those dots <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge we're bringing back duke yeah. nukem <laughs> was, was duke nukem wasn't id was it no it Three was rounds. uh yeah. okay yeah Formerly <laughs> well, i know it wasn't i know it wasn't it wasn't that because the cheat code was different mm-hmm. idd was the uh the go-to god mode for just about every uh id games i'd played yeah id games id Id, yeah. ID, 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 id. id. But in, ID DQD was the id is the Nico. phrase that is still in my head hmm. on how to get God mode in the original Doom and <laughs> Doom Two. It will never go away. Um, Just like I, I remember uh, G Saber Realistic Combat One uh, hmm. in, for for Jedi Knight. Um, yeah, I didn't play those. It it made it to where well you actually one to twenty. If you set if you set the saber realism mm-hmm. to anything above like five or six. Whenever your lightsaber even like touches the limb of a, of any other character, it does the dismemberment thing, which usually mm-hmm. happens only like if you do a very strong um, slash or something. Okay. So that made it to where you could you could just literally like go up and, and touch a stormtrooper, and he would just like <laughs> collapse into a pile of bo- burnt body parts, and it was uh, cool. I was fifteen, and it was the best thing in the world. Um, yeah, I don't see, <laughs> and maybe it's just not the games I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but cheat codes aren't once what aren't what they once were. No, that's what we have Minecraft for, um, and and, and uh, Gary's mod, right? Well, the, like, yes, but 
Um, you know, I, th- I think back to an article I was reading, I think it was on the Penny Arcade Report, about uh, Bioshock Infinite when it mm. came out. And I was saying, like, I want to play Bioshock Infinite on easy mode because I do not care about the action. Mm. Um, and I've, I recently played that for the first time. Did you? Um, okay, so sidetrack. A few what, weeks ago. I want to get all of y'all's thoughts on Bioshock Infinite. I, we're a little bit late to the game talking about that, I suppose. But well, we came to grade, what, two years late? So we're, <laughs> we're catching like up. That. Um, I was kind of meh on the whole thing. Okay. Um, an interesting premise... If you could separate the gameplay from sure. the story. Yeah, no, I, uh, and I'm talking just story here. Okay. Um, the gameplay was nah. average. Yeah. Um, the story was slightly above average. Ooh. Um, in, in that, the original Bioshock was about playing games. Mm-hmm. And much of its gameplay was reinforced by the story and vice versa. They tied themselves together. Um this no. one, the the powers, the the vigors or whatever they were called, felt very like tacked on. You know, yes, it they was were like, there because it was a Bioshock game, right? And it's like, and you sort of, as they're building up the world and everything, mm. you you see that for the first time, you're like, whoa, whoa what? And, yeah, and you're like, oh, right, because it's a Bioshock game, but yes. it's everything else is like this weird thing, sort of and new the world story type of thing. Was independent of the game. Which is, was not the case in the original Bioshock. was kind of the case in Bioshock 2, yeah, um, to a yeah. certain extent. And, and that's why I didn't care about it, because I could have watched the movie of Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I were to watch a YouTube of all the you know, gun scenes cut out, <laughs> and I would not lose anything in the experience. Um, uh, I, would, I would definitely agree. What, what about you, Tim? What do you think? Oh, geez, about which part? Uh, well, okay. So just Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock you Infinite. <laughs> you know, this this idea of needing to se- separate the story from the. You know, it was it was very. Um, uh, you know, everyone was like, I remember around the time when it came out, everyone was very hesitant to give away the ending, like that that sort of revelation. Which, I don't think you can. Spoiler give away alert! The I mean, we're going to talk spoilers <laughs> this whole episode, but yeah. like, spoiler alert on Bioshock. Yeah, the fact that you are your arch nemesis or whatever that you're you're fighting against, right? You yeah. are Comstock, and it's like what you know, and, and but it wasn't a what. It was a oh, it was okay. a oh yeah. I mean, obviously, because I've if, seen this if, in about. If every you were paying else, attention, yeah. you you realize this about like halfway through the game maybe two-thirds yeah. i think you're given enough evidence to be like that's probably the case and yeah, then that that part probably wasn't the most interesting part although granted it was slightly a twist mm-hmm. just like you just needed confirmation of it by mm-hmm. seeing it but i thought the more interesting stuff was seeing like a visual representation of what they what ken levine eventually had set up through the infinite universes and seeing mm-hmm. all those lighthouses and stuff uh I think that's where it got me. Not necessarily like finding out that I was fighting myself, because in itself that's kind of just like a felt like sloppy sci-fi sort of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Sloppy sci-fi. I think you hit the nail on it. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It's and and the fact that sloppy sci-fi passes for for revolutionary in popular culture now makes me a little sad. It's mm, like yeah. there's a lot of really good sci-fi out there. That mm-hmm. just isn't making it into the public sphere. Just my requisite shout out for uh, the Tales of the Golden Clipper or the Golden Tales of the Solar Clipper or the Golden Age of the Solar Clipper. Something I don't know like exactly that. What it is. Uh, right. Quarter Share is the first book in the series. 
Um, Captain Chair finally dropped his new book. Mm. Um, I'm about a third of the way through it. I think you've mentioned this one before. I have. Um, where there's, it's I've, like a spacefaring ship where they, they each have like partial ownership or something. Yeah, I've, I've reread yeah. Quarter Share probably three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read the others in the series with the exception of the fourth one, which I only read once because it was eh. yeah. um, at least a couple times. And I'm, I'll probably reread this one again. Um, but you want to talk about decent. Story-driven but technology-dependent sci-fi. Yeah, go pick it up. It's like a buck or three or something for the ebook. Um, um, and and yeah, Britton, do you have any any contrasting thoughts or is that? <laughs> um, I think I liked it more than it sounds like you guys did. But, <laughs> yeah. that, I, but I'm also not necessarily disagreeing. Um, there was some. Uh, the, the gameplay didn't necessarily match the story all the time, and that there was a lot of criticism of it being overly violent. Which, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, it's a shooter, I so I'm not that. surprised by that, right? And and what what happens? And this it's funny for me that this didn't ever stop happening. Is is um, Elizabeth is with you the whole game, and she's you know they made a big deal out of it. it's not an escort mission. You know she can take care of herself. Well, it's because she's freaking invincible. I mean, it's like, you know, things happen in the battle where I'm just like, well, obviously she would die there. It's not that she's going <laughs> and, and it, taking cover in, in obvious ways. It's she's invincible. So, you know, whatever. Um, it's just, it wasn't even that she was in, invincible. It was that she was invisible. And the fact that enemies rarely acknowledged that she even existed yeah. was really weird. It was. It, and you're right. It like that broke you out cool of the... Twist. She's all in your head. I mean, Sixth Sense did it, but yeah, spoilers for the Sixth Sense. But the fact that she um, interacts with other things in the world and whatever, yeah. But uh, yes, that would have been cool. But but um, I was going somewhere with that. But yeah, I, I, I did like Elizabeth as a character, and uh, I liked dissecting its views on religion, uh, just because that's mm-hmm. something I'm way into. It it got a lot of things about religion wrong, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was fun to. Look at, and I, I wrote a piece on it for GameChurch.com, uh, just about how the game views baptism and what it gets right and what it is mm-hmm. mistaken about, but what still might teach us about religion in general and stuff like that. Those were the best um, articles I read about it. Were were yours, and there was another one that a guy went real deep into, you know, the symbolism in it, and I was, you know, these sort of. Um, elucidations on the the plot were really good and but this the game didn't do a good enough job of telling that story which required these elucidations which mm-hmm. you know so so yeah I, I don't want to talk completely about Bioshock but one of the things uh, well let's contrast it so like in the last year or so um, what what have y'all gravitated towards is like some of the better you know more philosophical headier or just downright good gaming experiences uh, it's not philosophical, but I just played Gone Home earlier this week. Oh, uh, let's talk about that. Just came out. <laughs> yeah, so did you end it, up so reading about it or him. playing it? Um, oh, I really want to talk about <laughs> the whole thing. Well, I have to go to the bathroom, so if y'all want to take ten minutes, and I'll just step out. Um, yeah, I suppose so. So, spoiler alert for the, until Kevin gets. <laughs> I back. actually haven't played it, so uh, <laughs> I, I I would like to. I don't have the spare cash at the moment, so I'm just going go, to. Go. Uh, we'll. Uh, I'll be okay. Back. All right. Cool. It, it um, is a little pricey. I'll it's twenty. That. Yeah, it's it's twenty bucks. And the, the I it took me an hour and a half to forty five minutes or so to play through it today. I like I literally played through it two hours ago. <laughs> 
Um, like all of it in that short of time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I finished in like 97 minutes. Or... I mean, man, oh, I played Mist back in the day and like all the Star Wars adventure. I know how adventure games work, man. You know, you, you find the thing, you go open the thing, you go find another thing. You just you know. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like I went through it pretty quickly and I still took about two-ish hours, Maybe a little you, over two. You were, you were listening to the, like all the audio and reading all the notes and... Well, I was also flipping over a lot of like tissue boxes. Oh. Just, <laughs> just out of rampant There might paranoia. be a diary page under here. I don't know. I've got to find it. You don't know? Yeah. Um, God, yeah. Don't judge me. No, you know. It's, it's all right. No, I, I, I did that in Spire of the Dragon, man. You know, And any of the games that tally. Very comparable games. No. Not home in Spire of the Dragon. Sorry. I'm saying like any of the games that tally the achievements for you, those are the ones that I can't can't resist flipping over everything, you know. Yeah. Um, but Gone Home was more forgiving. You know, you, you get as much of the story as you want. And I, so I, I loved, it was just so different. And, you know, I, I was the entire time expecting an amnesia-like, you know, jump scene or something. But I like that the game sort of, it makes you think that there's a ghost story. And then it becomes like, that's just a part of the love story that evolves. And it's what brings them together, you know. And, and that was just, I love it. <laughs> That ghost story actually, when it carried all the way through to where you saw the like seance circle that they'd created. Yeah. Like that, I wasn't, even up until that point, it still was like conflicted about what I should expect to the point where like running up to the attic was almost an action scene mm. of like my own narrative creation. I was running up there and I was, I was scared yeah. about what I was going to find. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah, you, that, that oh. was the moment where like, going up to the attic towards the end I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna find up here and mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to know and oh, I, so I, it, it completely twisted that but I was thinking you were gonna find her body or some shit I was like yeah. don't do that like yeah and and that but that's great you know that's like in in every in each person right is gonna have a slightly different thought in their mind you know some people are gonna be like I bet this happens or they're gonna feel nothing or they're gonna feel whatever and and everyone sort of it's like a heavy rain or something except done far more efficiently <laughs> yeah. um i don't know what would y'all think of the game overall it sounds like you enjoyed it <laughs> yeah yeah I, I do i i'm one of those horrible people who am, am saying i it might be a little overpriced for being only two hours oh. uh but i the way i viewed it was it was an excellent short story mm. uh and, and i think that's maybe why i'm thinking that it would have been a better ten dollar game, and I'm you know with Steam sales and stuff like that, it'll be cheap. Oh uh, yeah, it'll give it a week, it'll be in a humble bundle, you know. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not as concerned about that, but yeah, it again felt like a great short story. It was not heavy on gameplay, but it did make good use of the fact that it was interactive, and it was a a good story and a, the kind of story that has simply not been told in. 99% of video games up no. to this point. So, well, and, was, and a little bit of backstory. Nice. The developers are, are gay, right? I think, I think there's there's like four main people at Fulbright, mm -hmm. and I think two maybe and two aren't. Or they broke it down at some point. Okay, uh, and it was something like that. Or the writers or, or something, or the the developers who wrote it. And I mean, it was it was so genuine, like the the world they create. I mean, I grew up in the '90s. I I remember VHS tapes and you know, uh, the and laserdisc players. We had one, you know, like all these mm -hmm. things. And and um, but it was sort of like 
this it felt like it was telling a story that hasn't been told about the 90s in that way or for this generation that grew up in the 90s right like we all have the nostalgia for it but we're all like oh my god that was probably happening to friends of mine you know or or just around me somewhere and no one really talked about it at least Um, or maybe you did know someone or, or like it really it's it's rewriting history, but like in a good way, I don't, you know, or it's exploring history and, and narrative. You're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. The way, I, the way I thought about it was, I mean, you're right because both, all three of us are obviously very familiar with the nineties having grown up in it, but those were like such, well, relatively emotionally shallow times for us. And yeah. this added a lot of depth that we didn't know existed at that time. Yeah. And putting in like that familiar framework of seeing, VHS tapes and SNES cartridges is just it really helps bring home something that is altogether like unfamiliar to you mm. but also all the little touches of the house are just fantastic oh, like yeah in in Sam's room the glowing dark stars when I saw them <sighs> I was like those those must glow right so I turned off all the lights oh and they were only glowing then because they'd been charged by the lights and I was like <sighs> yes that is dude it. I totally missed that. That's oh. see, yeah. see, and that that just that's a kind of game design that I mean, as much as you can say like, oh, look at all the hours and hours and hours of research and work and everything that went into building um, Columbia, right? For for Bioshock Infinite, that that is like it's such a different kind of world building than goes on in in creating the perfect and you know house that that everything fits together you just in, in even though there are no there are no npcs in the entire game i felt like i was interacting with these characters and that that was just mind-boggling you know that's like i'm you're right i've never had a gaming experience like that before <laughs> you know it, it, it's really interesting that we're talking about it right after talking about bioshock and you just brought up bioshock again yeah considering these guys worked on bioshock did they, before they made the, <laughs> yeah the the kind of main thing that they worked on was the Minerva's Den DLC for Bioshock 2. Okay. Um, but I think Steve Gaynor worked on Bioshock Infinite at least a tiny bit as well. Yeah, so He was level designer for that, but he was lead on Minerva's Den, right? It's something like that, yeah. I, well, I, I know Minerva's Den is, there, is his main claim to fame. Okay. It, it, they, those two things feel so incredibly similar, but for just like, very abstract reasons because obviously the two games are nothing alike but hmm. the way the worlds are, are built I guess because like you already understand like, what Rapture is but the way it, the team he led for Minerva's Den they mm-hmm. fleshed it out with all the little stuff you can find and all, well I mean stuff written on the walls a bit like on the nose but yeah, well, the way they did that in Minerva's Den was it felt very familiar having gone back into Gone Home Hmm. That was something that was a little too convenient about Gone Home was, you know, you're, you're uncovering letters and stuff that, oh, this is yeah. months old and it just happens to still be in this drawer, yeah. even though, whoops, it's talking about something that, you know, if someone else in the house were to find this, it would probably be really bad. And I would think that the person yeah. leaving this would find a much better hiding place. Well, and the secret passages were a little bit of a stretch. Um but you know, and that's 
we're okay. Kev, Kevin is back now, and we should we should start to minimize the, yeah. the spoilers and such. But um, yeah, it's just ah, oh. and um, no, I guess I, I should go play some other things that that he's made then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it's great. So which one? Minerva's Den, that Bioshock Two DLC. So I'd need to get Bioshock Two, and then I could get that. Yeah, but I mean, I think they've done bundles where like Bioshock 2 and Bioshock are five bucks on Amazon. Okay, yeah, yeah. That'll be able to find somewhere. Also, Minerva's Den, you could play probably by itself. It stands alone pretty well. Man, so uh, there's... I've I've developed this problem, and I might have talked about it on these similar episodes before. But I I have such a backlog in Steam now as a result of the humble bundles. <laughs> Two hundred plus games. Oh, it's I've yeah I'm getting there. Um, I just started uh, Thomas was alone. Um, it's I'm, a fun game. Oh, I haven't, I haven't finished it. You haven't finished. How far are you into it? Um, I haven't gotten stuck actually at a point. I don't. It's been a it's been a few weeks since I've played, but there's the green guy. And Thomas, who are identical but on opposite. Yes, James. James. We just met James. Yeah, I've met James, but there's a part where we have to walk on each other. Yeah, yeah. I can't get past it. Like I keep trying, and I'm like, nope, not working. It's it's really tough. Um, and so I I've done that. Like I've spent thirty forty minutes on that one, like redoing it each time. Like "Eh, eh, eh, eh." there was some random jump I had to make with with John one time that just took me like. 20 minutes to get right and i was yeah. i was frustrated I was, as hell i was meat boy levels of anger yeah. when i quit <laughs> um, and i i don't play meat boy for that very reason how many how many meat boys does, does it take to get you to quit like, um you know i was i was controller across the room mad at this one because so i'm curious do, do y'all know if um there were any developers alike between um bit trip runner and thomas was alone I don't think I wouldn't so. expect there to be. Um, the guy uh, who made Thomas was alone, uh, his new game was announced today, I think. Okay. Actually, during Sony's press conference hmm. coming to PS4 and Vita. Hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, volume. Oh, yes. Ooh. When, when the guy was on stage in Germany talking about it, he was kind of like, eh, we don't even know what... <laughs> we're, look, look at it. We don't know what it is, but hey, it's coming to our platforms. So Awesome. Uh, but it had a similar kind of art style to it, so. Mm-hmm. I, well, cool. I, I mean, I, I love the art style. I love the, you know, let's boil it down to it's very simple, like, rules-based gameplay and a really compelling narrator. Is it Stephen yeah. Fry by any chance? No. No, it's not. It's. I think it's just a guy. It's just a guy, a British guy with a really good voice. Yeah. <laughs> All British guys sound the same. <laughs> Thomas was alone. Yeah. This wasn't particularly interesting, but uh, oh, it, the whole—I think it was—it might have been Stephen Fry who narrated the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy audiobook, um, the, which was the, the radio That's drama possible, itself yeah. was uh-huh. the first like two or three, and then um, Hitchhiker's Guide, whatever came after it, the book itself was uh, was a different. Well, so the, so it, oh, oh though, okay. So there's I a weird thing. Because uh, yeah, well, yeah, because was the I original did. radio drama, which ended after series three, yeah, which went in a very different direction than the books did. Yeah, they divert. Um, he then wrote the books going in a different direction for the ending of those. Yeah, they then after his death got as much of the original cast back as they could and did books four and five 
as radio dramas. Ah, uh, that's what it was. And so, no, there's okay. probably also a, a copy of Stephen Fry reading the audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's. I think that's yeah. what I listened to. And then yeah. I went back and read the, yeah, anyways. But yeah, British guy <laughs> makes it. And, and again, it's like, these are these are geometric shapes, and I care about them. A bunch what? of rectangles. Yeah, I was impressed you knew the names. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 oh yeah, John. Yeah. Like, I've spent so I, much. I knew them as long Tetris piece. <laughs> <laughs> the one that floats. <laughs> um, oh crap, I forget her name actually. Yeah. But she's a superhero, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the story was actually yeah pretty clever. Yeah. Oh, so good. But yeah, and and Chris and uh, and Laura, their their whole thing. I mean, they complete <laughs> each other, man. He's a small square; he can't jump too high. She's a trampoline that moves. It's perfect. Like, it's, oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh, um, and just, I mean, oh, that's that yeah. kind of, you know, I got, I'm getting more enjoyment out of you know four hours of mm-hmm. Thomas was alone so far. Then I got in the, you know, 20 hour or whatever experience it took me, probably less than that, to play through. It felt like 20 hours to play through Bioshock. Infinite. Yeah, Bioshock, I, was, I spent maybe 12 hours on. Yeah. And there were definitely times where I'm like, oh, I guess I need to finish this game. God, I hate that. <laughs> like, it, it can, can we not, I, I don't know, this has been like the games review show. We can we can get to the philosophy soon, I suppose, but now it's all been philosophy. Fuck yeah. it. Um, but yeah, like, is that maybe a way we can judge games? How many times do I feel like it's work? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And then it's, you know, the, how good the game is is inver- mm-hmm. inversely proportional to that number, you know. To a certain extent, yeah. Um, um, but some games are. I don't know. It, that's the mm-hmm. diversity, right? Yeah. Is, um, we're comparing cross genres, which is a fallacy. Yeah, it's, like, it's the, like describing all of movies. Right, right, right. And <laughs> or books. I'm curious from you, this is sort of our, our state of the gaming industry uh, question now. In the last couple of years, now that we have some time to look over it, y'all have been in this for a couple of years. Have you seen it going more toward that, like the maturity of, of diversity and variety of the of the movie industry over that time? I think so. Um, there's definitely been an upward swing in indie games, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where you find a lot of that diversity. And you, you know, so sometimes a game will come along that is a big. You know, supposedly triple A blockbuster game from a big studio. We think, oh, maybe they get it too, and then they don't. It, no, so, yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not very good, or or yeah. it is good and it sells horribly, and so we never see anything like that again. And yeah, so there, there's definitely been bumps along the way. We're not probably where we would like to be yet, but I, yeah, I, I think there is a lot more room for diversity. I was really impressed when. Uh, the Walking Dead won the uh, Spike TV Video Game Awards hmm. because that's an award that a previous winner of that award was Madden. Oh, which I mean, that's a different a, kind of game. Yeah, yeah, but that, not even. But th- th- that's the kind. Of, so I thought, oh, it's going to be Call of Duty again, and mm. The Walking Dead <laughs> was actually popular enough to win that game, win that award, and I thought that game actually did a lot in terms of storytelling and offering a different experience Although, so i was to be fair seeing that good i qualify and and it's not a bad thing to qualify or to count these as games the walking dead is just the first major western visual novel mm. 
Um, well, we were we, we while you were gone, we sort of made the analogy that like Gone Home is sort of a visual short story. Yeah. So um, wa- Walking Dead is be... like I mean the visual novel is a thing that exists in Japan, mm-hmm. like very very clearly, and you make choices and things happen and there's a story. Yeah, it, um, it was like The Walking Dead looks kind of like a dating game. The Walking like, Dead. <laughs> wait a minute. Is a visual novel. There are choices, yeah. but the arc of the story is not. The arc of the story is the same. You've still yeah. got to get to each episode, and you, you end up in the same place for the next episode. The way I see it is... But like, it's um, you change how it feels when you do. If you ever... If you take, uh, like, a tube, and then you pinch it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pinch is, like, where all... Where the story... You have to go through this spot, mm-hmm. right? All of the yeah. narratives, you know, and then it can broaden out, and you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can go way away from, you know, these very divergent things, but they're all eventually going to come back together mm-hmm. and go, you're going to go through the next hole, right? And, you know. Yeah, and that's so, and that's The Walking Dead to a certain extent. Yeah. To, to a large extent, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's not a great game and you shouldn't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's But it, it pushes, and it's, I didn't know that it won the Spike Award, because it, it pushes the definition of game mm. um, in a very interesting way. That seems to be happening um, a lot these days. It does. Days, which um, is awesome. Sometimes more successfully than others. <laughs> I haven't played Dear Esther, although I own it. Um, and I know sometimes people who got mad at it because it's not a game. Um, uh, okay. Again, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to that experience. But oh, but what is a game? Uh, and that's sort of what we're getting to. <laughs> but the thing is, it's we're, we're, we're hitting this because of technology in other realms as well. Mm-hmm. Three of the new Netflix TV shows got nominated for best for for Emmys. Mm-hmm. None of them appeared on any TV network, right? But they, but we they had were an structured like TVs. Did we? Did we? <laughs> we did. We had an episode on this. Okay, they're TV. We decided they're TV. They are TV, yeah. and games are games. Yeah, because um, I'm all for an inclusive rather than exclusive definitions. Right. Um, so, Dear Esther is just as much a game as Madden 2015. Yeah, uh, which isn't out yet. But well, soon. And, and what do you think, Tim? I mean, is it is it? There's still, you know, when you when you still look at like, uh, I don't know. I'm on OK Cupid. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> I see a lot of people's profiles, and you know, I suppose on Facebook too. And yeah. everything. And I think like, you're just advertising your OK. <laughs> <laughs> right Had to slip it in there somehow, ladies. <laughs> um, no, I, and I see a lot of people like will list. I play video games, and I'm like, that's. You might as well say, I watch movies. It's like, no, there are... I do. I yeah, do watch like, movies. <laughs> I also read books. I love I love music, which actually people say that too. And I'm like... <laughs> uh, you know. All types except country and rap. Yeah. Put them together and you call them crap. Oh, oh God, I hate people God, like that. No. Sorry. Um, I yeah. do. I, so, I get mad when people say that to me. So still, I mean, yeah, we've got a ways to go, uh-huh. I suppose. Um, yeah, are, are, you, are you optimistic or... Realistic or something in between, Tim? No, I'm fairly optimistic. I mean, there's been a shit ton of editorials that came out in like just the past two months or so addressing like where where video games are headed and where like the industry is shaping itself. Mm -hmm. And in regards to like other mediums, I think there's a fair comparison as to uh, whether the industry needed uh, a Roger Ebert. And people Mm -hmm. were talking about the, the follies of like comparing games to movies or any other such entertainment mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's I something new, maybe. It, like, I mean, like, the realization, or at least that the fact that these discussions are happening seems like a very good thing to me. Hmm. Well, and, and 
in general, I think the the touch, like the the public, is touching gaming much much more broadly now as a result of of free to play. You know, it, it now it doesn't it doesn't take buying a console or a PC and sixty bucks to play video games. You have a Everyone phone with a already, smartphone has a or, platform. you know, and, and you can just put in your Facebook login, and all of a sudden you're in the game and. Um, it, it's so so Kevin you had some thoughts on on free to play right uh, that you wanted to bring up well it's it's a unique situation this has been covered thousands of times by other people but there's there is it's a weird experience with free to play because there are parts what's what's the best there's a great analogy I saw I don't remember who came up with it first yeah. I've seen it in a few places of the We'll say County Fair versus Six Flags the Amusement Park. Mm -hmm. The County Fair, you can walk in for free or next to nothing. But it costs a buck to go on each ride. Um, At Six Flags, your your initial ticket price is more. 20 bucks. Mm. But you can ride the rides as much as you want. Yeah. Um, And free-to-play gaming is very much like, okay, they get you in the park... But then you got to start paying to go on the rides. Sometimes that's yeah. that's in the bad cases. I would argue Plants vs Zombies Two, the one I mentioned earlier, does free to play right in that you can pay if you want to, but you're not giving a lesser experience for not doing it. Or similarly, in in that everything in the game that you can pay to unlock can be achieved in game given time. Realistically, and how yes, much time? Given re- realistically, okay. Um, as far as I can tell, I've not finished the game, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's I think that's the line, right? Is is mm-hmm. there are free to play games out there where it's like, yeah, I mean, anything you can uh, yes, buy, thirty you can years also later, achieve. but yeah. yeah, it takes you, you know, like Tiny Tower is a good example. It takes mm-hmm. you like, something like ten or fifteen hours of gameplay to get like a buck's worth of, yes, <laughs> you know, yes. Um, and so it's, it's that like, different, you know, what's the value uh, here? Yeah. Um, so Pine for Zombies is a real um, comparatively things like Dota Two, mm-hmm. which are also free to play, where there are no mechanical advantages to paying. Hmm. It is purely aesthetics. Um, you see this in a lot of the uh, the MOBAs, which isn't the term I like to use. Arts is I the one I like to use. Arts. Action RTS. Uh, um, is okay. it, yeah. MOBA is actually copywritten. Um, is it? it? Trademarked or by something like that. By uh, League, of League of Legends. Legends. Yeah. Um, oh. And I'd be, to be fair, I think MOBA does not accurately describe it the same way Arts does. Yeah. Um, Feel free to jump in at any time, y'all, by the yeah, way. I don't, I don't want us up. to... Be, <laughs> what I've do you think these games should be called? I've, I've dealt with this for five years, y'all. This is what happens. Kevin starts talking what, and, then, yeah, and then I start what's talking. What's funny about MOBAs, or whatever you want to call them, yeah. Arts, uh, is that I, I technically played the first one because I played Defense of the Ancients As the Warcraft on Warcraft 3. 3. Awesome. Um, and I, I played a lot of it because I played a lot of Warcraft 3 online, and then I never touched any of the others. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have a dog in any of those fights at the moment. <laughs> hmm. and, and Tim, I mean, do you do you have any opinions on the uh, on MOBAs slash arts or free-to-play? Man, I, I vote MOBA. It's a lot more fun to say. Isn't it? I, I like MOBA, too. I'm like... Like MOBAs. It's what does like, the M stand for in MOBA? MOBA? Uh, multiplayer online battle arena, I think. Yeah. Is what it? Yeah. Nailed it. I'll be fair. To be fair, and again, I don't like MOBA. Um, MOBA fits the genre slightly better than arts mm-hmm. because you've got Smite and... Smite is not an RTS. No. And you've got um, Super Monday Night Combat, which I've got close to 100 hours logged in, mm-hmm. um, are both third person 
Um, yeah. But the thing is, and this is a, a weird thing, is we're <laughs> defining mechanics rather than aesthetics. Ooh. Um, which is yeah. is not as usual. I mean, there's a certain amount of that, like in RTS games or RTS games, real time well, strategy. These are, the, uh, these are the genres of, of video gaming. Is is the mechanics? It breaks down to how do you. But what it, are the it's rules not of the just game? mechanics. It's yeah. it, video game genres are unique in that it can be mechanical. It can be hmm. um, flavor, for lack of a better term. The 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 a horror game can have very similar mechanics hmm. to a, a first person shooter, for Ooh, example. Rabbit trail on that. Thoughts on uh, Evil Within, also at QuakeCon? I still haven't seen it, actually. Oh. I missed that presentation, and I wasn't at the E3. So, Tim? Man, I I am not that psyched about it. Yeah. I, um, I A lot of people were excited, and then I... I but, but continue, continue. I don't, I don't know what it is, so... Mm, it, briefly, Tim, what is Evil Within? Um, it's the new horror game out of... Uh, from Sinji Mikami, right? Resident Evil yeah. guy, yeah, Resident Evil dude, and uh, it's about a detective who investigates some crime, and then he enters some nutso world. I, I, that's how much I care about that game. <laughs> <laughs> like everything I saw, it just seemed everything he says he wants to do. It feels like he is just missing completely mm-hmm. because he says he wants to take it back to the roots of horror. And it seems like he takes that to mean not great. It, it, so, like, watching that demo and watching, like, very obvious, like, things that just are not going to be fun crop up, mm-hmm. it kind of bummed me out. But, I mean, it's it's just a demo very early on, so I can't really say for sure if I will be interested or not. But at this point, it doesn't, like, grab me all that much. What's the horror game where you play a baby? Whoa. Oh, um... Crap. That's... Oh, will you wander the house and you're like... Yeah. Oh. Mm. It's on green light or just got green lit. Something like that. Man, that, that one keeps catching my idea, my eye. Every time I see it, I'm like, ooh, that seems interesting. That... Is, uh, is it Among the Sleep? Is that yes. it? Yes. Yes, that's the name of it. Um, oh. Yeah, you play a baby and it's terrifying. What? Because it's you're like a amnesia, baby. but you're a baby. Because you're a baby. <sighs> and you have all the powers of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, like a baby that can walk at least? Crawl, or, I think, crawl. is where we're at. Oh my god. You're a baby. You're not a toddler. Oh. No toddling here. That's not, that actually the concept in itself has gives me chills. Yeah. Which tells me the game is probably okay. I mean or hopefully. At least has a good starting point. Yeah. Um But yeah, so alright. So horror, right? As a flavor mm-hmm. of games. Mm-hmm. And then but you can have horror third person, horror third first person. Yeah, two dimensional um, maybe or something. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things. So that's that's one thing. Um, the Last of Us. No, yeah. not The Last of Us. That's not the one I meant to say. Although, okay, Lone Survivor. Thoughts on The Last of Us? There's another like super Still mainstream. I, I'm like halfway through it, and I I walked away from it. <laughs> yeah. So it really I, grabbed yeah, my you. least favorite part of The Last of Us was the part where you play The Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like Bioshock, I, w- I was playing for the next cutscene. Like, I, I almost will. I want to like go to YouTube and just find a compilation of. There's the apparently there's apparently a really good um, two hour cut called hmm. The Last of Us the Movie hmm. um, that is apparently worth seeing. Um, I should just watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently, it's real good. Um, I don't know how how close it is to. I mean, it's not like the playing experience or how much they cut to get hit that kind of two hour mark. 
but that seems like a thing where they're they're like trying to shoehorn a movie into a game yes. and then add a game on. Yes. Um, the, the thing about The Last of Us is, though, I mean, I agree there's a lot of problems with actually playing the game, but <laughs> at the act of it is kind of required to get um, sort of the metaphysical joy of the ending. Hmm. I mean, hmm. You guys haven't finished it, so I don't want to no. say anymore, but I think, I think Britain... I mean, do you agree in these these vague terms yeah. I'm throwing out? I, I I would agree that I I don't think I'd want to watch that movie. I'd rather play that game. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. E- even though like there are there were definitely times when I was like I, where like Steven said I was playing to the next cutscene. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I am glad it was an interactive experience. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah. I mean, and then you just so yeah. There's there's the whole spectrum of things and. Uh, that's that's I think one of the interesting things is we're not we're not running out of um, of game genres, you know. There's something something like Thomas was alone comes along and it's like, well, it's a platformer. Yeah, it's a side scroller, and Braid's a side scroller, and Lone Survivor's a side scroller, and those are all get, completely different. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get the essence of like, and what would you call Braid? Like an atmospheric side scroller, which or, I think uh, you know, <laughs> I think speaks to the larger issue that that exists in other mediums mm-hmm. of classification. Um, oh, man, this goes back to a, a discussion we had in your car like six years yes, ago. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, um, lay it down, Kevin. Well, I mean, just it's one of those things that that we we kind of hit this point where we start classifying things to make them easier to see mm-hmm. and to make them easier to understand. We can say, ah, it's an RTS. Ah, it's an FPS. I know what those things are, mm-hmm. and they come out of this desire to to communicate. But then they become these sort of cages that we become trapped in. Oh, yes. it's and when they start defining those, we have problems. You know, what's uh, uh, every action blockbuster has a nominal love interest in it. Mm-hmm. Every you know romantic comedy hits the same beats. I'm talking film here, obviously, mm-hmm. um, to sort of illustrate the point. But. When something eschews those, we don't know how to call it. We we eschew that art. We eschew that median. That whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Five hundred days of summer is a fantastic film. I love that movie. Yeah. People expected it to be something that it was not. A romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. People people wanted it to be something. Maybe the story of a breakup, which has been done before in other ways, mm. and it wasn't. It wasn't really any of those things. Mm. It defied a lot of those things, and it's still a really good movie. Um, in in the same way, we'll go to my default example of the best movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. What genre is Synecdoche, New York? Postmodern. It, it's not. Uh, it's not. Um, and, in, and in saying postmodern, you're like. Than nothing yes. or, or everything, um, right? <laughs> and so we and, and you know and this, you know, Netflix organizes things by genre. Steam organizes things by genre. You have to. It's because of the medium of exchange of these things <laughs> requires you to at some point put it into a category. Yeah, what is this? Yeah. What is the yeah. what is the, walk, the ultimate distillation a, of this experience? Yeah. And GameStop. You walk into a bookstore. Yeah. Where do you go to find the thing? Uh-huh. That you're yeah. GameStop doesn't have like a they have one spot on the shelf for you know this is the 
The other. Ho- the other. <laughs> it's just huge, right? I would, I would like a bookstore to have other as a but category. I think, and here's another broad generalization. In uh-huh. the same way that you can maybe judge a game by how many times did it feel like work, uh-huh. um, you can maybe judge the health of a, of a particular medium by how big is the other category at any, <laughs> at any given time. How, That's how not healthy, a bad idea. You know, how big is the miscellaneous shelf? Uh-huh. You know? and, and, and I would say gaming right now is getting a bigger miscellaneous shelf every day. Which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny because it's existed for 25 years, you know. It, I'd say it's more, than, more that. than that. Seven, uh, six, let's say 40 years. Um, Pong was. Yeah, I'm what? comfortable with 40 years. Pong 40 wasn't years. the first video game, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Space War. Space War on the, uh, the PDP. One, I think. No, I was like, yeah, it was 60s. Yeah, um, but yeah. A good long while. Good Games long have while. been around for, for um, not as long as film. Yeah. Not as long as theater, but you know. It, it and, and that's the thing is still like there's this rapid mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge big um, not inflection point um, whatever you call the um, wherever things are changing uh, at one point some this was uh, in the homeschool community I had a, the greatest math teacher in the world uh, Mr. Swarbrick um, who had us go through and we didn't know this at the time in pre-cal we did the derivation for the the rate of change of the surface area of a of the volume of a um, of a sphere is the surface area um, because that's where the volume is changing is on the surface area which is just like okay so when yeah, I, had I, that, I, like, I get that i get that i was like that's that's just cool through my calculus for a little bit and, yeah, and the rate so of change of the surface of the volume yeah. is the surface area yes it's, that makes sense which yeah. Is, yeah that's cool <laughs> and it's like and it's one dimension less because you do mm-hmm. the derivative and, and yeah. it's like oh my god Oh my god! From a cube you know, square, so, yeah. so I think of like you know, if if the the entire gaming industry right is is a sphere, you know, <laughs> we're the the uh, you know we're living on the surface area in in these, in these things like Gone Home and, and Thomas was alone and and you know this, this, and that's cool and it's a big surface area and it's getting bigger, which means mm-hmm. this thing is is growing in some abstract sense. Right? Yeah, I don't know. That's. That's maybe an over romanticization of it. But what, what, do you, what do y'all think of that? Y'all are in this. Y'all are swimming in the soup. You, know? <laughs> you lost me when you started talking about numbers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, as best as I could follow, I, I, I think I agree yeah. with. Y'all are the ones walking course. around on the surface of the sphere. You're not. You're not <laughs> swimming in it. You're actually. You're yeah. You're right there. It, it's interesting. Th- this is kind of going back a little bit, but. Um, so forgive me for somewhat being a, ta- a tangent, but when That's you were okay. talking about uh, the idea of games, you know, being when you consider them work, uh, using that as a sign of quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I reviewed Papers Please for Gamespot pretty recently, and there were times when I didn't want to play that game anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I, I did also like, <laughs> k- k- kind of like how I, I think I've mentioned before how uh, on this podcast how. Schindler's List isn't necessarily a fun movie to watch. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't watch that thinking like, yeah, I really want to keep going with this, but well, at the same time, you do. But you want it, to see it through the end. That's a different kind of thing, though, because I don't think you you feel like Schindler's List is work. I, yeah. I, there are movies that I feel like that are work that aren't that I know there's not a payoff, or mm-hmm. even if there is one, it's not worth the the work that I go through to get sure, through it. Sure, I, yeah. I, I know there's a difference. I've just yeah. no, but I, that, I get that's you. Something that was in my head as you were talking and then 
Yeah, when you mentioned calculus, I was like, oh, dur, I, <laughs> yeah. I write words. I don't know. <laughs> so. I don't know them number things. But it's, I mean, hey, there's a lot of calculus in making video games. And you don't have to do any of I it. I'm not making video games. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the end result. <laughs> well, well, cool, y'all. We're, we're, we're hitting an hour, which, you know, generally is our, our point at which we start winding things down. Um, wow, we talked about a lot today. Yeah, that's okay. Good it's job, fun. everybody. Hi, <laughs> virtual high fives through the internet. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give you a little bit more time. Uh, where where can people? What are y'all optimistic about? Like that's upcoming. You know what's what's around the corner that's going to blow our minds. Other than Doom Four, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe next QuakeCon, right? Yeah. Fy three. Fy three. That's wearing out even as a joke. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know it is. is and that, I'm, wait a minute. I'm, wait not a minute, the, wait a minute. I'm not even the guy that makes that guys, joke. Guys, 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 guys. Yeah, is, is, is Half-Life 3 the new Duke Nukem Forever? Yes. No, because they're not even making it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but there was, there was that Forever email was group. Actively in development somewhere yeah. and just was... Yeah, we saw trailers for it. Right. Perpetually throughout its... It's 20 Nobody's year even cycle. indicated that Half-Life 3 is a thing. But everybody just wants it to be. Uh, okay. Then then other than these these phantoms, these these vaporwares, uh, what is <laughs> around the corner definitely? Uh, it's going it, to the rest of the year is going to be weird cuz the new consoles are launching Oh and yeah. As much as like if I was just a consumer and I didn't need both for work, I'd be most excited about PS4 purely for the indie games. Mm, I'm uh, buying one. So I am excited to see what indie developers who I think are among the more creative that we have right now uh, do with this hardware and whatnot. But for launch, you know, for the stuff that we're mostly going to be seeing in November and December, it's going to be a lot of sequels and stuff. And I'm excited to play all that stuff. Like I actually am really anxious to get my hands on those systems mm. and I want. I want to play Assassin's Creed 4, and I, I, I do want to play all this stuff, but if we're just talking about, like, games maturing as a medium and stuff, like, <laughs> the rest of the year, I don't know how much there is to be excited about for that. Okay. Well, maybe something will come along and, and surprise us. I, you know, Gone Home came out of nowhere. Like, until y'all told me about I it, I I do expect like, to have a lot of what? fun. <laughs> Yay, fun. Um, Tim, any, you know, like, when we reconvene next year after QuakeCon... We'll, we'll have had a, a lot of time with the new consoles by that point, I'm sure. But like, where where do you think you think the industry will be radically different, or what do you think? I guess that depends a lot on like how the the Xbox One, PS4 thing plays out, because obviously Sony's putting a lot of chips on the whole indie pot, mm. and they they showed a lot of interesting stuff today at the game their Gamescom press conference, like Rhyme and Master something's baby mm-hmm. which was weird and creepy and everything that i think i would want to play in a game but i think it depends on like if one pulls out ahead over the next year it'll definitely influence the direction of the industry and hopefully one towards like uh indies taking more chances and hopefully they'll inspire the big name publishers and developers to take similar chances cool so in that case, you're you're rooting for the PS4, maybe. I don't know. I'm not entirely as like a console sort of situation, but definitely Sony's philosophies I would like to see get pushed forward. Yeah. Namely, it's like their their massive indie support. Okay. I mean, that would be great to see in Microsoft, anyways. Cool. 
But I don't know. I, I think either way, we're gonna. It's gonna be fun. This is why I keep up with all this stuff and and keep going to QuakeCon. I think because I I feel like you know there's something cool happening here, and it's it's the thing. It's the thing. I'd, what I'd really like to see, and I we're starting to see a little bit. Uh, it, Nintendo is slowly becoming more friendly to indie developers. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and it's, so that they've apparently been doing a whole lot more to reach out to them and send them dev kits and stuff and. Hmm. If they can make it worthwhile for super creative people to develop for the 3DS and Wii U, oh. I think some really creative stuff could happen, and I would, I would be really excited. Like, yeah. do you ever play something. Spin the Bottle at uh, any of the PAXs? I haven't, but I, that's out now, right? I need to. I, I think so. Yeah, and like that started out. out as just like his own indie project, I think, and then he got recruited into making it like a full retail project, and. I, if that's what Nintendo is trying to do, then that'd be great because I think Spin the Bottle's fantastic, weird, dumb little game. Huh? I I just know the version that you play with an actual bottle and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> no video game required. No video. I'm like, do you need a you need a, a game console for that? You need a bottle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, There's a virtual bottle on the gamepad. Oh. Spin it around. Oh. And it's the, that's so much better because then then i mean you don't do broken glass and do you know feet get torn up yeah you know it's just you so were playing messy. extreme like, spin the <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I was like i'm gonna put all the angular momentum on this month yeah uh anyways we we should uh we should probably wrap up kevin and i are, have got a movie to go to and uh and i really appreciate y'all coming on the show this is i'm glad we had a confluence of the minds <laughs> Uh, thanks for having us. So yeah, where uh, where can folks find y'all on the on the interwebs? Britain, where where are you at the Dallas Morning News usually? Uh, yeah, dallasnews.com slash video games is where all the video game related stuff can be found. Um, and then at Britain Peel on Twitter is, since everything else is kind of scattered everywhere, yeah. following me on Twitter is probably the best bet. You recently had a, an article on, uh, was it Joystick? About QuakeCon? I've got one coming up. Uh, about QuakeCon, and I'm not sure when that's going to be published. Uh, and then I've got another one actually after that that I don't know if I should talk about yet. But I've, okay, I've got a couple of things for them coming down the pipe. Follow, so we'll we'll follow you on Twitter, and it'll all be there for sure. All right, and then uh, Tim, what about you? Uh, find a lot of my stuff on PlatformNation.com, or follow me on Twitter at Mockinoff, M-O-C-K-E-N-O-F-F, and that will lead you to my myriad of writing things do you do you still have the pop tart as your profile pic no i changed it because oh. it turns out people can't recognize you from a pop tart that was the only reason why i recognized your twitter account man i was oh. like i was like oh that pop tart that's tim like it just it it's as good as a as a photo of you i mean it, it almost is but you have to like tell people they're like i look I like a pop tart and you, yeah and just like yeah, I'm, I'm the pop tart. I'm uh, like, oh, that's you. Yeah, you're right. That probably got that probably got old after a while. Uh, yeah, well, heck, I I had a picture of myself as my profile picture, and there were still there's more than one person at QuakeCon who said, "Wait, I didn't recognize you." Oh no. you like, <laughs> this new one of you confuses me. Anytime it shows up in my feed, I don't know who it is. Uh, well, you know, it, we we do the best we can, and. Uh, we soldier on down the information superhighway into the future. Mm, no. All right. Well, you can follow me on the the Twitter webs. My my profile pic is a semi professionally done portrait of you know. I work with a photographer, so we had a photo day, and you know, it's a thing. I, I it's all right. 
Um, I'm at uh, S Torrance, S T O R R E N C E. Uh, Kevin, what, what do you do? You, you have a profile picture of yourself. I do. It's me and a gorilla. God, we're so <laughs> realism now. What is this? We should all just I don't know, just random household items or something. For day. What is this? Oh, it's you, me and a gorilla. It's you and a gorilla. It really is you and a gorilla. I never noticed that. In the Czech Republic. That's that wins. <laughs> that wins. And uh, Kevin is at Kevin and his gorilla are at uh, twitter.com slash K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D. We are at twitter.com slash bad philosophy. And it's now spring me slash bad. I don't know. Yeah. I think form spring is is going we'll a different where, we'll direction. We'll see where it goes. We'll see. We'll see. This should be that. my new profile pick. Oh, it's a half of a skull. It's and, a squishable Yorick. Oh, that's from cute. the uh, to be or not to be Kickstarter. Oh, and also morbid, which is great. It's, and it's very the Kevin. cutest, fuzziest memento mori you'll ever see. Awesome. All right. Well, you can see all that and uh, and more. Uh, check out our sh- our uh, website badphilosophy.com. We hope you will enjoy the next year of gaming, and uh, we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Let other, do you let your editors do your title for you? Not always. Um, kind of like how when you know when I was opinions editor at the paper, yeah, I, I would usually tell people like, hey, at least suggest something for me so I have something <laughs> to work with. And <laughs> knowing that pain, I still you know I, I will suggest something. But like the uh, the joystick piece you mentioned that mm-hmm. I was working on, one of the pieces of feedback was I hate the title. So oh. <laughs> okay, thanks. At least. Oh. Good to know. On a lot better, but I do like sloppy sci-fi because it okay. just makes me think of like a like a novelty sandwich. <laughs> like something you'd get at PAX, but is like yeah, that's it's like that's like a, bucks, a Comic Con like kind of yeah, it's not even like that you, good. And... You get the sloppy sci-fi, and you get like a side of Master Chiefs, and then you just go <laughs> sit down. Badphilosophy.com. Hey, here we are.